Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Preview. I am Jeff Harbin, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joining me as always, the dynamic duo of Brian Davis and Dave Schofield. And boy, do we have a full slate to talk about today. And I get the feeling that sometimes fans might see this podcast. They might read it on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and they might think, what in the world is there to preview? Because during the regular season, we always took a look ahead to the upcoming game. Well, this kind of turned into like a mashup. Uh, we do preview positions, and we are doing positions today. We're going to be talking about the tight end position. So the last offensive position group for this uh, Steelers preview offseason. But we're going to be talking about the Super Bowl and as everyone's favorite segment, the either or at the very end where we have a little fun. But let's start off with Super Bowl 53. Gentlemen, you can go ahead and say hello when we get to talking about this game. I think the number one thing that everyone's talking about is, was it a good game? Uh, I'm going to hold my thoughts on this until after you all go. I'm curious to hear what you think, Brian. Brian Davis, say hello. And what did you think about Super Bowl 53? Gentlemen, good evening. The calendar might say 2019, but when I'm with you guys, I party like it's 1999. You know, <laughs> and speaking of partying, the Super Bowl is my favorite day of the year. And even though the Patriots are in it, even though it was one of the low, the lowest scoring game of all time, I loved it. You know why? Because it kept my attention. It was a good game. Okay. Dave Schofield, welcome to the show. What are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are is that, well, defense wins championships, so it was definitely a defensive battle. Um, I don't know if the Patriots' defense were as good as they appeared or if the stage was just too big for the Rams' offense. Uh, but either way... I mean, it's it wasn't a blowout. I didn't fall asleep like I did uh, with the Broncos and Seahawks the one year, so uh, that's a positive. So I would say it, it it was a it was a good enough game. If you're the type type of person that just wants nothing but score, 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 uh, who's going to have the ball last four touchdowns in the final two minutes? You were going to hate it, but that's not all that football is. So I I was entertained enough to say that it was a good game. This game, this game sucked. It was awful. I mean, it was atrocious in so many ways. Because in my opinion, Dave, I hear what you're saying, that the defense is still something that you can watch. I didn't think that either defense, I thought the New England Patriots defense was more impressive. But at the same time, I thought that it was just, there was bad play all across the board. Tom Brady didn't play well. Jared Goff looked like he had never even seen a football field before. Sean McVay, which come to find out now, if you see the video of the Showtime inside the NFL, where he's basically worshiping Bill Belichick on the field prior to the game, like a little fanboy. I mean, my goodness, this game was a snooze fest. I'm sorry. In the Super Bowl, I don't need the explosion that was last year's Super Bowl between the Eagles and the Patriots. But can I get at least two touchdowns, please? Like, give me a break. I mean, I, th this was everything, in my opinion, that the NFL doesn't want. Now, the NFL is going to say that it was a tie game going into the fourth quarter as a one-score game, blah, blah, blah. It was boring. It was boring. And like Brian said, for a day that everyone sits and watches football, sometimes people don't watch any games all season, but they'll watch that one. That's a snooze game. That's a game that they say, why did I waste my time? And in my opinion, there are some games that can lure people into the fold. I think last year's game for the average everyday, you know, I don't really follow football too much fan. They were intrigued by last year. Tons of offense up and down the field, goes down to the last second, trick plays. I mean, they had Nick Foles catching a touchdown pass with the Philly special. There was so much intrigue and cool. There's, it's coolness. I'll, I'll say that. It was just an awesome game. And I like defense. But this game wasn't well played, I don't think. I don't think it was well played at all. I thought the coaching on Bill Belichick's part was absolutely phenomenal. It was out of this world. But for the regular fan that's just tuning in to watch this game, they lost They lost viewers, period. I'm going to say it that way. They lost viewers. Brian, you probably disagree. I see your face down there. I just think it was – I thought it was horrible. So it was boring. Commercial sucked. Halftime show sucked. Everything was awful. Jeff, there's three amateur nights in this calendar. The first amateur night is New Year's Eve. That's when the amateurs go out. The people that club all the time 
hate New Year's Eve. In fact, they stay home. The other amateur night are those schlubs that get their women candy and flowers on Valentine's Day only. That's for schmucks. If you just do that, you're not doing your job as a husband. You get your you get your woman something on June 17th. Not because the calendar says you're supposed to, and Hallmark says you're supposed to. And third, amateur night is the Super Bowl. My problem with the people, and if you read my article this week, amateur night's huge on Super Bowl. The people that say, oh, I'm just going to watch it for the commercials. You said the commercials suck, Jeff. I mean, we still had NFL 100, so I was happy. But the people (laughs) that that are just there to just go to a party. I don't care if they're happy with the Super Bowl. If they're there just to see a shirtless Adam Levine, then they're not there for football. So we don't want you. Go ahead and worship Adam Levine somewhere else. I have no problem with Adam Levine. So in concert, good show. But my thing, Jeff, I don't care about those people. It was a football game. You said it best. Bill Belichick is a football genius. I don't care about anything else on his resume. This is the same guy that went 11-5 and five with Matt freaking Castle. If that guy could do that, this guy could do anything. He completely ruined everything that Sean McVay had put together. I don't care if he was a fanboy at the beginning of the game. He was amazing, and they won that game on defense. Actually, the MVP should have been Stephon Gilmore, and that defense so they went and won that game i don't care if brady had a bad game we celebrate a guy who had a horrendous game back in 2006 known as benjamin todd roethlisberger one of the worst performances as as a winning quarterback of all time that wasn't a great game but as a steeler fan it was a great game because it's the first time they won in 26 years so i don't care what the scoreboard says i don't care if you didn't like the action down the stretch it was still a tie game anyone could have won it even though the Rams weren't in it because the game, you're right, the game was too big for Jared Goff. But for me, I was entertained. I let me, ask you, let me ask you this, Brian. Let me ask you this. Did you seriously think the Rams had any chance to win in the fourth quarter? You know what? Yeah, I did. Uh, oh, you're lying. Yeah, because Todd Gurley. There is no, Todd Gurley didn't do anything the entire game. Run and it was called back, back, back for holding. Fan, and that was a phantom hole. But that it was, was still a, called back. They, he did nothing. Yeah, but the there thing was is, no they chance. Were starting to rally. And no. if they could have gotten that running game going, they would have been fine. But after that penalty, Goff started to, he started to feel it again. And that's what happened. Could have, should have, would have. There's no chance. I watched that game knowing four, I, there was no chance the Rams were winning that game. And people talked about how Belichick should have gone forward on fourth down to go for the dagger or kick the field. But who cares? It wouldn't have mattered. They could have been up by one. They, they could have won the game 2 nothing on a safety. There's no way that the Rams were going to come back. I, Dave, chime in here. Give us your thoughts. Did you think in the fourth quarter the Rams had any chance to win? Absolutely. That's oh because you are both delusional. No, no, here's why. How many times have we seen this in the past? We saw this. We've, we saw it in the past with the Seahawks in the playoffs. We saw it in the past with the, with the Broncos in the playoffs. Amazing defensive efforts mean nothing when the team all of a sudden can do something with five minutes left in the game. The Rams did have a chance. Honestly, they could have gone down and scored and tied it up at 10 to 10. I still and thought they could have won. But the reason I think that they weren't going to win was because the Rams defense was on the field the entire game. There's no way that if it really came down to a shootout at the end, if the Rams could have all of a sudden woke up their offense, I still don't know that they could have pulled it off because the defense was dead. They had to play the two thirds of the game. It felt like they were always on the field. Now for me as a fan, but that still as a former coach, I love looking at the offensive and defensive line during the game. And this was a beautiful time to do that. I'm one of the very rare people. I don't care if everybody liked the game. I really don't. Me, as someone who appreciates the the game of football and the art of the scheme of the block and everything else going on there, it was a great thing to watch. I mean, watching how they dealt with Aaron Donald. What they did with him. Anytime the Rams defense could scheme in a way to get him one-on-one, he just he totally destroyed. The only thing was there was so many times he was getting double teamed that they couldn't get him on that one-on-one. If you just stared and watched 
Aaron Donald that entire game because he was on the field so much because the Patriots always had the ball. It, it was a thing of beauty to see. It, it was it was phenomenal to watch the chess game going on in the trenches, and that's why I like the game. I think that what you all are misconstruing with what I said was that could the Rams have tied it up? Yes, of course they could have, but there was no logical reason that I thought Jared Goffer, as poor as he played all game, and he looked awful the entire game. I can only think of maybe one pass to Brandon Cooks where it actually looked in time, in stride. It looked like we, the Rams team we had seen all season. And they hadn't been running the ball. And I understand that Gurley broke off that nice run that was called back to a hold, and it was a phantom hold, but they hadn't run it consistently. They had done nothing offensively. And that's why when I saw that they had the ball, and pieces before the turnover to Gilmore, I said that there's that they just don't have it. They just don't have it. A lot of that's due to Bill Belichick and his defensive scheming, which was it was pretty remarkable. It was pretty remarkable. I will say this though, and you can go back and check the tapes. I've said it all throughout the playoffs. I de- I felt the Rams and the Saints were two teams that were trending the wrong way in the postseason. That they weren't playing their best football. You could even say that the Saints. I mean, you go watch that NFC Championship game. Drew Brees did not play a good game that game either. So I understand what you are saying. And from a defensive standpoint, uh, I, I guess when I think about defensive Super Bowls, I, I, I hate to bring this up, but man, like when you watch the Ravens against the Giants back in, what was that, 2001? Or was that 2000? Correct. Okay. 2000 season, 2001. Right. I mean, that was the, you watch that and you're like, I'm watching something special because I don't care. You could hate the Ravens. You could hate Ray Lewis. You could hate all those guys. But man, were they good. And you and you saw them absolutely do enough on offense to win. I mean, it, it's it's. I guess I, I see your all's point. I do. I just thought that I guess maybe I expect a better product. Maybe we've been spoiled the last few seasons with some really good games. Um, you know, last year Philly that was that was a good game with the, with the Patriots. The year before that, Patriots come back down from twenty eight three and win. Those are exciting moments. Those are there's more scoring. I guess 13 to three just doesn't do it for me. Brian, what are your final thoughts? Just one quick question. Did the Rams do enough on defense to win that game? I'll answer that for you. Yes. That Rams defense was phenomenal as well. And yeah. I thought they came to play. So we had two great units on the field. The, uh, the Patriots offense was just better than the Rams offense at this point. And they did create a turnover too. So people forget that. I was going to throw something in there about that Rams defense real quick is they'd started off not looking very good. They looked like the stage was too big for them. And then they got the interception. Yeah. And from if they don't get that interception early, we might have been looking at a 30-something to three game because the defense seemed like the stage was too big. But they got that interception, kind of woke them up a little bit to like, hey, this is how we play. And then they played tough the rest of the game. Yeah, so Super Bowl 53 is in the books. Everyone's going to debate whether it was a good game, bad game, whatever. The viewership was the... Lowest in the last 10 years, the lowest since the Steelers beat the Cardinals. Um, some may say that that's because of different ways of watching. Not everyone's watching on their television anymore, and it doesn't really account for streaming, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't think the NFL is concerned, but I think at the same time, it should pique their interest and say, well, what are, what are they supposed to do? They can't. People hate Goodell for everything. What's Goodell supposed to do? And there's two teams out there playing the game. It's a low-scoring game, defensive it's not the prettiest, but you know what? It's the product, and that's exactly what they have to deal with. Now, I do want to ask you guys what your thoughts were. I, I think we can all agree that the NFL 100 commercial was just phenomenal. I've watched it probably six or seven times on Twitter. Every time I see it on my feed, I watch it. I think it was awesome. I, I hate how people, like, there's some Steeler fans that are saying, well, why was Juju in it, not Antonio Brown, and this, this, that, and the other? I don't care. It was great. What were your guys' thoughts on the extra stuff? I know, Brian, you just chastise anyone that says that they watch the commercials, you know, the Super Bowl for the commercials. But what were your thoughts on the commercials in the halftime show, Brian? You know, the commercials weren't the best. And, uh, you know, the Bud Light Game of Thrones one got a lot of attention. But there wasn't really many commercials that uh, you know, made me laugh out loud. Or, But the NFL 100, as soon as that one came on, it trumped everything. And there was nothing that was going to beat it. No. What about the halftime show? I like the halftime show because here's the thing. You have 
this was a tough halftime show this year because you had three acts. Big Boy, who is an Atlanta legend because he's a part of the group Outcast with Andre 3000, which would have been awesome if he was out there. And if you remember the song Hey Ya back from 2004, I mean, when you had a mullet probably and you were yeah. uh, you were partying like it was <laughs> 2004. But yeah, anyways, I mean, you know, they were under fire. Also, Travis Scott, which I that wasn't my favorite performance, but that's not my genre. But those guys were under a lot of pressure because they agreed to perform it. I thought, look, Maroon 5 has a lot of hits. I think Adam Levine is a great performer. I think, uh, I mean, they definitely brought the women in. In fact, my wife and her friends were typing um, to each other that they hope there's a wardrobe malfunction. I mean, they, they were hoping that happens. I'm like, you know what? I say this with a staunch record of heterosexuality. I hope there was one too, because that would have been something to talk about. Adam Levine flopping in the wind in Atlanta. It would have been funny <laughs> as hell. And I am also, I'm not going to lift it up right now, but I'm going to get a Maryland tattoo across my abs. Well, my keg. But uh, so just like Adam Levine, look, they were under a lot of fire. They canceled their press conference early on in the week because they didn't want to, the NFL canceled it because they didn't want to go through stuff. I thought, as far as pop music goes, it was enjoyable. The drone thing was cool with all the words, that, and that was all Levine's doing. I, I thought it was a good show. Dave? Uh, commercials were underwhelming this year. Um, I actually missed the NFL 100 commercial and had to rewind it to see it. Um, and and if you haven't seen the behind-the-scenes one that's about the same yeah, length, that's good. make sure you watch that one, too. Um, I did not watch one second of the halftime show. That was called get, get the Kids to Bed So I Don't Miss Any Football. So can't really comment on that. Well, in my opinion, you, you didn't miss much on the halftime show. Um, I, I guess I agree with Brian that uh, I think that Adam Levine and Maroon 5 have put on a, a great performance. I thought their song selection out of all their catalog of hits was kind of, yeah, I, I couldn't, some of the songs I was surprised they played. I, I guess I, for me, in recent in recent history, the gold standard for halftime shows was Bruno Mars. I thought Bruno Mars was absolutely phenomenal, and he had other artists as well. I believe it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Brian, help me out. Who else was with him? I think Beyonce was with him too. Maybe, and I, I, he's done it twice. He has in recent years. He has, and I thought that they really meshed everything together well. Bruno's um, great. He is, and I guess maybe I expect that type of performance. I thought Lady Gaga did a good job uh, when she was when she did the show, but it just seemed too disconnected to me when you know the other artists, whether it's you know Big Boy, whatever, came out. It just didn't flow. I didn't like it, and I, I'm going to quote my daughter, who my second oldest daughter, who kept on saying, "Why is he taking off all his clothes?" <laughs> Started with the jacket, then he took the shirt off, then he had the the tank top, and then the tank top goes off. And then he's, why is he taking off his clothes? And I said, I don't know why he's taking off his clothes. Because every red blooded American woman watching yeah. that were like, ooh. <laughs> and every guy was there was like, hey, yeah. you like that? I'll see you <laughs> two hours after the game. <laughs> so I think we all agree that the commercials, I was stunned. You know, as a health as a health guy, someone that's very conscious of my health and, and nutrition and stuff like that, Bud Light pumped in over a hundred million dollars on their commercials about their ingredients and bashing those like with corn syrup. I was like, wow, they're bringing some stuff that I've been, I've you know, if you follow this stuff, you've known about this stuff for years. Uh, but they're bringing it to the forefront, so I was happy with that. So we'll we'll say that. So um, leaving Super Bowl Fifty Three behind, we go to Dave Schofield's Stat Geek segment where he likes to quiz. Brian and I on various stats of, I guess, we're, are we talking tight ends? Are we going to talk Eric Green back in the in the 80s for the Steelers here or what? Okay, well, well, before we do that, I'm going to say I don't have any retractions this week. Um, I've, I've learned two lessons doing this. <laughs> First of all, one, write all your notes in the same notebook so you don't miss up the 47 and 43 lines. Two, when you do write it down, take your time and write it neatly so you can tell the difference between a three <laughs> and a four. I mean, how hard is it? I mean, that's pretty bad handwriting when you can't tell the difference between a three and a four. Hey, so, Dave, real yeah. quick before you get started. 
Could I mention something? I watched the playback last week, and I thought you handled it very well. I know we gave you a, a lot of heck, and we're going to continue to do that. Trust oh, me. please do. <laughs> but I got some heck on the playback when I was reading all the comments. And one fella said, oh, no way. He's looking that stuff up. You guys could vouch for me. Yeah, you, I am not feeding you any of this before it happens. I, I know John Stallworth of 84. I know that stuff. I, I'm yep. not looking it up. I promise you. I would rather be wrong than cheat at that. Well, I was only six, so I don't remember it very well. Uh, so he, he did it. <laughs> he did it. I'm not, I'm not going to say how old I was. I'm not I know how old you. you were. Yeah. <laughs> I had a mullet. <laughs> yeah. So, well, we're we're going we're not going to go strictly tight ends. What we're going to do is in honor of the greatest play by a tight end this past season, we're going to stick to a very specific stat. What was the greatest play by a tight end this past season? Vance McDonald stiff arm in Tampa Bay on Monday Night Football. Absolutely. The Vance McDonald stiff arm for a 75-yard touchdown. So, we are going to look at some Steeler history with 75 yards or more touchdowns. Okay. Okay. First of all, um, the Steelers had the most 75-yard touchdown, 75 or more yard touchdown receptions. We're going with touchdown receptions. So not just tight ends, any receiver. Any any receiver, any receiving touchdown that okay. went for 75 yards or more. The Steelers it. led the league with how many? This year? Yes. Three. Three. No, two. What do you think, Brian? Two. Brian's on mute. <laughs> You're on mute there, Brian. I'm, I'm mute. I'll just say two. I know Juju had the big one. Yeah. Um, um, Juju had two by himself. What was the other one? Um, Juju was the 75-yarder first play of the game against Carolina. That's right. I thought okay. he had the one. The McDonald 75-yarder. We had the Juju 97-yarder against... against um, which was his second Denver. seven yarder of his career. And we had the Antonio Brown 78 yard touchdown against. Why did it just escape me? I just, I didn't write it. I was just remembering it. Boy. Antonio Brian, Brian's got to remember that one. Yeah, he had the 78 yard touchdown against. Oh, it was in a win. I got it here. <laughs> I'm blanking. Oh, uh, I got it right here. You guys don't remember? No. All right. It was 75 yards against. No, I was at that game. I would have remembered that one. Oh, against Jacksonville. That's what got him back in the game. Yeah. 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 That's what it was. I I knew it was, it was an important game. I knew it was a game they won, but I I was, I was blanking on that one. Um, I'm not going to any guess who had, who had the second most 75 yard touchdowns this year, receiving their passing touchdowns. Yeah. Which team? Yeah. Yeah. Kansas city chiefs with Tyreek Hill. Have to be. Um, no, it's not. Wow. <laughs> um, I will I'll give go... you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Is it two? Two of their three were caught by a tight end. Hmm. It was AFC or NFC? NFC. The Chiefs only had two this year. The Rams. Now I was going to say San Francisco. It would be uh, the San Francisco 49ers, two of them to George Kittle. Oh, Kittle, yeah. When he said tight end, I was like, NFC, tight end, Kittle. I knew he had some big passes. There you go. Yep. I went out. (laughs) All right. Um, Here's a pretty easy one. Who was the last Steelers tight end to have a touchdown of 75 yards or more receiving? The last tight end? You mean other than Vance McDonald? Yeah, other than Vance McDonald. Yeah, it was Heath Miller. It was in 2006, and it was, it was thrown to Miami? Him against Miami and thrown to hit thrown Charlie, by Charlie Batch. That was the appendectomy game. That was the that was from Charlie Batch. I was that at was that game. Correct. Wasn't that Joey yep. Porter's return to Pittsburgh where he turned around to the stands and you love to hate me or you no. know you love me? Wasn't that it? No, that was the uh, that was the first game. Oh, that's right. The, that was the Super Bowl the, 40 celebration. The smooch when he kissed yes, Power. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was what two years after that is when he came back as a dolphin. And who was the coach of the Dolphins in that game? What was that? Um, the Crimson Tide. Was, was that, that Nick Saban? Was that Saban? Yep. There Nick. You go. Yeah. 
I hate yep. that guy. I had to run. <laughs> um, and just so you know, the last tight end before Heath Miller was in 1972. So you have any idea who that was? Larry Brown. Gordon Gravel. Anybody else? Wasn't uh? Go ahead and say it. I, I'm, I, gonna, I'm not going to even pronounce his name right. Uh, uh, John McMakin. Oh yeah, that's right, McMakin. Uh, okay, just say yeah. He had a seventy. He had a seventy-eight yarder in 1972. So you're um, telling me that Eric Green never got loose back in the 90s? Nope. Wow, that's surprising. Nope. He was very athletic. Nope. So um, here's a good one. I, and I, I think Brian will know this one. Who was the last Steeler? to catch a touchdown of 75 yards or more that was not a wide receiver or a tight end? The last dealer. Cordell. He threw one, but he never caught one. Then it's uh, Mark Malone. That's the second one. I was going to ask about the one before that. Mark Malone caught one in 81 that was, you remember how long it was? It was 90. It was against it, the Seahawks. It was 90 in Seattle from Terry Bradshaw. But there was one since then that people probably forget about. Okay. It was in a loss in 2003 in Baltimore. Caught by a defensive back. And thrown by a punter. Josh Miller. Josh Miller to Chris Hope. Wow. 81 no, yards down. You know what? I, that was opening. That was the opener that year. Yes. That was the season opener. Um, but I don't remember that. I just remember that game. I completely forgot about it until I until I saw the stat. I'm like, oh yeah, I, yeah, that was one I, I I forgot about. Um, any idea which Steeler receiver or which Steeler player caught the most touchdowns of 75 yards or more? He has five, and there are three of them with three. So if you if you if you have a guess, that's one of the ones with three. I'll let you know. John Stallworth. Uh, Stallworth did not even have two. Wow, of seventy-five yards or more. Seventy-five yards or more. One of the ones who has three is pretty easy because he had two this year. Well, Juju because he had Juju. seventy-five and then two ninety-sevens. Yep. yep. Um, I, Antonio Brown's probably up there. Uh, Antonio Brown, uh, he not he doesn't have even have three yet. Really? Yeah. Are we just counting regular season? Because I swear, yeah, it's Super Bowl playoffs. Because 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 Super Stallworth, Bowl fourteen, Stallworth had a seventy-five yes, yard. That, that was going to ask you that one later about the about when it came to just playoffs. But yes, in Super Bowl, I had a Super Bowl thirteen. 78 season would that have been 13 oh, geez. or did or, or did i or did i miss an eye yeah, here we go that, no i mean yeah he had one it was against dallas okay yeah it was 13 so i'm yeah. off by yeah brian muted himself again yeah no, I'm um, done. oh okay <laughs> so so juju has three you got to think of the deep guys Deep guys as of right uh, as of recently that were the other ones that had three. So Martavis Bryant would be there. Martavis Bryant had three. Um, what I'm about Plexi? To, that's what I was thinking. Uh, no, Plexi. I don't think he, I don't think he was on the list at all. If I have to look that up, uh, he never. I don't think he ever scored. It's like, yeah, that was his thing. He, like I, I want to say Heinz Ward, but I feel like he got, he got caught too many times. <laughs> <laughs> He got Dave could outrun Hines. Who's, oh, who's, who's the biggest speedster of them all that we had? Randall L. One trick Mike, pony. Mike, Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace. Oh, Mike yeah. Wallace had three. Yeah. Wallace had three, but we still haven't hit who had five. And that's because they had three of them in 1988. Oh, Louis Lips. Louis Lips had five. Number 83. That's your domain, Brian. You should have oh, gotten yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, he had three of them that in nineteen eighty. Bad season too. Yep, yep. So, um, so yeah, so that one was up there also in how many, um, how many they had per year. We talked about the ones in the playoffs. So really, um, the only other thing I have to, I, I could even possibly mention, would be, um, that there were two, there were two times that the Steelers had two of them in the same game. And they were not both by the same receiver. How about Bobby <laughs> Shaw 
Could that possibly be? Okay, I, you broke up on me. You said Bobby. Bobby Shaw. Uh, and Bobby Dwight Shaw Stone. had one, um, but that wasn't in the same game. That was the same. Okay. I'll double check on that for you. I'm pretty sure that was the same season, but not the same game. So, um, believe it or not, the ones that I have are both from the '60s. Uh, well, hell, I don't know that. Yeah, 1965. Uh, Gary Bowman Lin- and Clendon Thomas. Oh, I was going to say Lynn Shannoy. And they were both over 80. The one was 87 yards. One was 80. And then in 1963, Red Mac and Buddy Dial, both of them over 80 yards. You're a big Buddy Dial fan, Jeff, aren't you? I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so that- was the one you said was Shaw? Was that the one you were looking at? Yeah. yeah. Bobby, Bobby Shaw had one. That was in, in 2000 uh, or 2001. I believe 2001. Uh, 2001, December of 2001. Against the Ravens. Uh, that sounds right. And then Dwight Stone had a long one in 90, I believe. Uh, Dwight Stone's. 94 was, um, yards. I know what he had. Uh, that was in 91. Yeah. Uh, that was, and yeah, that was, that was 89 yards against San Diego. So, just thought that was fun as a little tribute to uh, to the seventy five yard stiff arm Vance McDonald touchdown. So, what is the greatest seventy five yard play in Steeler history? It doesn't have to be reception. Uh, Willie Parker's run in the Super Bowl forty. Exactly. Uh, absolutely. And my dad called that one. We're watching the game together, and he's like, "We're gonna come out of halftime. You're gonna see Willie Parker just bust one out." <laughs> and then, boom, there it was. I'll tell you what, if there's someone that has a ringing endorsement for Alan Fanica to get in the Hall of Fame, it would be that play. That's right there. Yeah, oh my goodness. It would be that play right there. So there you have it. That's Dave's Stat Geek segment. We always appreciate all the hard work he does diving into those statistics. And uh, so now let's move on to the next segment. Okay, tight ends. Before we get talking about the 2019 depth chart, and it could change because there is a one key free agent in this stack group. I want to ask you guys, who's your favorite tight end in Steelers history not named Heath Miller? Dave, we'll start with you. Not named Heath Miller. Yes, oh, wow. obviously everyone so, loved Heath. Everyone loved Heath Miller. So you can't pick Heath Miller. Who's your favorite tight end in Steelers history that's not number 83 from Virginia? Wow, that's a uh, see. I mean, Eric Green was when I was younger. That was, uh, I mean, I liked him, but I'll be honest with you. I'm a really big fan of Vance McDonald. I really am. You're going to um, put him up there, though? I mean, I'm not saying that he's better than those no, guys. No, 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 no. Who but my I mean, favorite was. I understand and that, the, but I'm just saying, like, there's, okay, that's character fine. Character goes a long way. Character goes that. a real long way. And Vance that. McDonald, he has actually become my wife's favorite player. Oh, all right. Okay. Brian, what about you? You know what? I was going to go to the 70s because I love Randy Grossman. I love Benny Cunningham, the late Benny Cunningham. But I'm going to shock you on this. Mike Malarkey. Oh, I forget. Yeah, people forget oh, Malarkey played. He, was he played tough. for the Steelers. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to go with uh, a little Bruner action. I, I was a big fan of Bruner. Good. Jay Bruner. And I also loved Eric Green, mainly because... Not to get into a video game sidebar that Dave and I did one time, but when I had Sega Genesis, I had Joe Montana football. And those were the years where Eric Green was probably the most prolific offensive player for the Steelers on the game. And I used to just rack up the points with him because he was athletic. What a tortured soul that guy is. Uh, but he was a tremendous talent, and some would say a tremendous talent wasted. But you know what? Let's talk about this upcoming season. Real I, quick. Go ahead, uh, Brian. Let me jump in, Dave. Jeffy got one wrong. What's that? Well, what was the uh, tight end's name? Oh, it wasn't Jay Bruner. It was oh, Mark, Mark Bruner. Mark Bruner. I caught that right you, away. But... You know who I was thinking of? I was actually going to say this is a joke. I was going to say Jeremy Tooman because he had, <laughs> he had that impersonator. Remember? Do you guys remember that yeah. story? That guy that was going around like signing autographs is Jeremy so Tooman. He was, Jer- he was getting getting he was getting action from Babe. Jeremy Tooman. So I almost said Jeremy Tooman. So my I, my brain was going with Jay, and then I said Bruner, and I was like, is it? Is it Jay Bruner? Is it Mark? Were you thinking Jay Reimers, Ma? (laughs) (laughs) Reimers. 
<laughs> no, I was not. That was not that did not cross my mind. Okay. High five, Dave. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh so I would admit my faults and I am not perfect, but let's talk about this season. I, I honestly think, and I want to get your guys take on this before we talk about specific players. If there's one weakness on this offense or a position that could be improved upon drastically, whether it's in free agency or the NFL draft, I'd say it's a tight end position. Do you agree or disagree, Brian? I kind of disagree because you put the two together. You've got a thousand yard uh, receiver. You've got good blockers. I, uh, I'm not talking Grimble. I'm mad at him for Denver. Um, but I like the hybrid of uh, the Vanimal and the Outlaw, Jesse James. So they combined for over 1,000 yards this year? I believe, if not, it was 900. It was very close. Okay. Well, I could go ahead and get that. Roethlisberger threw for 50. I would hope I'm surprised he didn't ask me to just look that up later. So, But their production went down later in the season. I mean, the tight end was not used as much, but it was still a very good duo. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Dave? Um, I'm satisfied with what they have if they kept it, but if that was a... I would say they could upgrade at that position if they really wanted to, but there's just so many other positions that I think that needed more. So um, as long as you offensively? can offensively, oh, no, no, I don't know. I'm just talking like uh, okay. I've seen mock drafts that had the Steelers taking a tight end in the first round. I yeah. would say fine, but I think there's at least three positions that they need on defense that I would put ahead of tight end. I would say offensively tight end could be um, could be one that if, if they just chose to do a major upgrade, if you're just going to bring in another person that's similar to what they got, then I don't think there's there's any reason to do it. Do we need do we need another another Jesse James in place of Xavier Grimble? Um, do we do we need another Vance McDonald in place of that? I mean, if you're upgrading something, then I could definitely see it. But well, other let than me that, let me ask you this, Dave. You, you just you said this earlier in the show. You're a football guy. You like watching the stuff in the trenches. You used to coach it. In terms of blocking. How would you rate Vance McDonald and Jesse James just on a very basic, I don't need an AF 110 scale, just good, not good, whatever? That's really tough because I don't watch a lot of other tight ends blocking because I mainly focus on Steeler games that I'm doing it. I would say all of them, I'm giving them um, the, the, the most improved sticker because I think all three of them have really improved over the last season with their blocking. And shockingly, that Grimble, who couldn't block a soul, was then sometimes brought in specifically to block. Yeah. So it, it's something where all three of them have grown with. So you don't know how much of that was Mike Munchak uh, working with them along with the offensive line um, or or not. But if they keep improving like that, I'm more than happy with that. As if you can get a good tight end that can that can run the routes catch the ball and do everything that you can teach to block, then then you've really got something because they've all been able to learn to block better. Yeah, I think for me, I, if, if they're going to upgrade a tight end, it's not going to be your traditional Jesse James style tight end that is a blocker, big body, you know, can also run some routes and catch. If they're going to get a tight end, that's going to be, it's going to be someone, if I, in my opinion, it's going to be transformative to the offense. It's going to be someone that is, more straight line speed, more of a receiving threat. Because let's be honest, they have Grimble likely to come back. They have Vance McDonald back. They have some other guys in the practice squad that fit the bill of guys that can go in, set the edge, block. But they don't have that one guy that's dynamic enough, like a Kittle that we mentioned. Um, you can talk about even, I, hell, I even say Ladarius Green if you weren't so injury prone. But that type of player can really cover up for some issues if Antonio Brown does leave. And we don't know if that's going to happen, but at the same time, if it does, you could bring in a tight end and you could say, well, this tight end is going to really help us out in this case or another. Brian, what are your thoughts on it? Well, uh, back to that uh, the comment about a thousand yards. That is correct. 1,033 yards, Pretty 80 good. receptions and six TDs out of that duo. 
Yeah. That's why I like it. And I don't think that uh, Jesse James is going to command a lot from another team. I, I really don't think he's going to get much of a nod from another team. Um, he is a, a hometown guy. I, I kind of I see that whole thing working. And I look back to uh, the Jacksonville game in the playoffs when Vance McDonald had 10 catches and uh, Ben finally got that rapport with him. I think that he is one of the tight ends that, um, you know, even if he was the number one guy all alone, I think he could probably put pretty close to those numbers. He, he could, if he was in there full time and not splitting time with Jesse James, I think he could be an 800 to a thousand yard receiver with about 70 to 80 balls. Okay, but do, do you see an upgrade as a necessity or maybe just a Not luxury? Not at all. Okay, so no, just it, a luxury. It's, it's a luxury. A luxury right. is a great way to put it. It's yeah. it would it would be a luxury. I love the whole Darius Green idea. That was going to be fantastic. And when he was healthy, that what half of a quarter was uh, it was what it felt like. It, you saw what they brought him in for, and it he was really been great. great. It's, yeah, it was against Cincinnati. Yeah, I remember yeah. that game. Yeah, so but unfortunately, that's not how it worked. Um, I, I don't want to just keep on pouring over, but there was something that I, I did forget to ask you guys, um, because we're talking tight ends, who led the Steelers in yards per reception this past season? I'm assuming it's a tight end. Yep, that's why I'm and asking. I'm gonna say it's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to limb here and guess. Say I didn't say Jesse James. Vance had more. Uh, Jesse James was second on the team in yards per reception of 14.1. First in the team with yards per reception because they don't count it when you fumble at the end. If you're grimble. Yeah, but how many balls three, did he catch? Well, exactly. That's, see, that's the thing, Brian, yeah. is that he didn't say there was, there was no stipulation no. on how many catches. So I knew that the third six third receptions. Most, yeah, the third most was Washington. Yeah. With, when it came to yards per reception, now Jesse James had the most yards per target on the seat on the on the team. I think a stat like that needs to be like baseball. You've got to have a number of at yep. bats. You've yeah. got to have a number. I mean, because you look at a guy like James Washington, he had 16 catches, but his targets he had 38 targets. Yeah, like I said last week, how both him and Justin Hunter had such a terrible um, catch percentage. Justin Hunter's catch percentage of anyone that was targeted five times in the NFL was 10% lower than anybody else in the league. Way to kick a guy when he's down. I mean, my yeah. gosh. Okay, sorry. Ben Roethlisberger, ben Roethlisberger ended his career, and now you're throwing dirt on his graves. Anyways, mm-hmm. let's talk about some free agency, and that is one main free agent. That's Jesse James. Jesse James is a pending on unrestricted free agent. And the question that everyone's asking is, do the Steelers try to lock him up prior to free agency? Do they let him test the waters? Or do they just let him go? Dave, if you're the the man making the call, you're Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin, what are you doing with Jesse James? You are, with Jesse James, you are offering him something before he goes out the door. But you are also offering him something um, to say, we understand if you want to test the waters and see what you can do um, there. I think there's, he's such a team player and I think he wants to be in Pittsburgh. I think they need to show him that they would like to get him here. Uh, but at the same time, you don't want to insult him. So at the, so that's why you say, this is what we'd like to offer you. If you want to, if you, if you want to wait, that's they, fine. Give me the numbers. Well, what's the years on the contract that you'd be offering Jesse James? Oh, uh, Man, see, I don't know what is a good contract for a for a number two tight end. Um, I'd give him at least four years. Um, you know, three or three with the option of four. Um, and you probably know better what where to fit in that fit in the money wise. Um, but you're giving him a deal. That's all we need to know. You, yeah, you I mean, I would I would offer him. I would basically look and see what most second string tight ends look and or make and offer him something comparable. All right, Brian, what do you think? What are you doing? You know what? For me, I love Jesse James, but he's the fat girl looking for a date for the prom. Um, you know, at this point, 
you know, I sit down with them and said, hey, we'd love to keep you. This is the neighborhood we're looking at. We could possibly give you three years. Are you willing to live with this? You could be comfortable. What do you think? And so at that point, you know, see what if he wants to test, that's fine. Now, I looked up from Walter Football, who I respect as far as free agents. They actually have Jesse James ranked as the fourth best free agent tight end. Yeah. Well, I don't think the tight end class is that great. Um, Eric Ebron is number oh, one. Well, well, and he rejuvenated his career in Indy. Um, I, I think when if, I, if I'm looking at Jesse James, I'm saying, look, man, like what you all said, we'd like to have you. We want to keep you. We're not going to break the bank for you either. Because if you think that you can go out and draft another Jesse James in the mid to late rounds, or even maybe find an undrafted free agent that can do that, you can save yourself some money. I'd give him a three-year deal. I'd say... You know, we'll upgrade your pay to about two million a season. We'll give you some signing bonuses. I'd love to see the Steelers kind of get with the times in terms of contracts and say, "Hey, Jesse, we want to give you some incentive-based contract." The Steelers do not do that a lot at all, if ever. Um, and if they do it, they don't make it public. Uh, they don't. They're not big on incentives. I think that would be a perfect deal for a guy like Jesse James. You know, you play so many snaps catch so many touchdowns, get so many, gets a certain number of yards, um, and he'll get those added bonuses onto his contract. It's not going to necessarily dig a hole that they're going to regret that they dug with him if he doesn't pan out. But I don't think Jesse James is going to be a, is going to all of a sudden in, in an off season, come back and be like the super prolific tight end. It's He is what he is. He's durable. He's uh, a good number two. So I think we all suggested they should bring him back. Now, Xavier Grimble's a restricted rights, restricted, I'm sorry, restricted free agent, not exclusive rights free agent, which basically means that the Steelers have first right to first refusal. And I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think Xavier Grimble will be back. And then uh, who has the depth chart in front of them? Um, I right. did one thing about Grimble. The only question with him is, is what tender are they going to offer him? Uh, well, did it, if they don't uh, they don't put a tender down, he becomes a, a, a restric- an unrestricted free agent. Oh, yeah, I, I think so. So, bottom line is, it's the whatever, and and based. If I, I'm trying to make sure I have this right, Brian will help me out. I'm sure. Oh, Jeff, you'll probably know this as well. Is that based on what round tender you say that they are? Is how much then their contract would be whenever they sign it. Yes. So if you don't want to pay him as much and put a lower tender on him, then if he goes and signs somewhere else, you're going to be getting basically a lower round draft pick from that team. Yes, but you can also like, so let's say they give a, a tender. They can always still work out a new contract with him if they don't like the pay set up or whatever. But that's a tough thing to do. Uh, it's a tough question to answer. Uh, we'll see how things pan out. But Brian, go ahead and read off the rest of the depth chart there for the tight ends. First, I'd like to apologize for my body shaming comment. I saw Netflix's uh, dumpling. Hey, we're all beautiful in all shapes and sizes, so I apologize. I was just trying to be funny. You guys didn't laugh. So uh, let's, let's look at everybody else we have here. Remember Jake McGee Yeah, from the University of Florida. The guy had some talent, um, so he is still around. We have a guy from... Uh, I was going to say, McGee was the guy that was supposed to push Grimble for that last spot. Right. Yeah. And, and then I, he got hurt early. I really think he could because I've, uh, I'm have i anti-X-Man after the, uh, the Denver game because he came out and said, look, I tried to punish the guy. I, uh, I could have scored easily, but I just wanted to punish him. That, that was Vance not- McDonald's fault. Everyone talks about the beast of a stiff arm. Everyone wants to run people over instead of score a touchdown. Yeah, but as Mike Tomlin always <laughs> says, we're not looking for style points here. We're looking to score, and he cost them that game. Yep. By, uh, so um, he, he just made the list when that happened. Um, and when you have a guy like Jake McGee and you have other talent on that team, like a Bucky Hodges, who uh, was – the kid from Virginia Tech with the great hair. That guy was a fantastic player in training camp, and he came in rather late. That's a guy you could look at, too. They have another guy, Kevin Rader, from uh, Youngstown State. He's a Pine Richland guy. So I believe that's the Pine Richland Rams, if I'm not mistaken, um, green and white. So um, that's a guy that they're bringing in that, uh, once again, Youngstown State. And... Uh, who was another Youngstown State uh, 
player that almost made the team in 1969, one of Chuck Knoll's final cuts. Youngstown State Penguin. Ed uh, O'Neill. You might know him as Al yeah. Bundy and Jake yeah, Pritchard. That's right. <laughs> so from Youngstown State, one of the final cuts of that team. Um, just wanted to bring that up for fun. And we've got an English guy. We've got a limey. 6'9", Christian Scotland Williamson, wore number 49. Now, they're, they brought him in as, a, I forget exactly what the designation was, um, but he was the extra guy on the, uh, they could have an extra guy on the practice squad from overseas, and they're, they're inviting him back this year. Um, he won't get that designation, but this guy is a rugby player, for the Worcester, Worcester team, uh, or Worcester, or however you pronounce it, um, in England. He is 6'9". He's a, and you know, I don't know if you've ever been around rugby players. Those guys are tough. So I can imagine if this guy could catch a football, I mean, if he had a proper chance, you might have another guy like Villanueva on your hands. Who knows? They could come out of nowhere. We saw that with a guy from Kent State that was a basketball player that uh, ruined Pitt's Final Four chances back in 2002. His name was Antonio Gates, and he's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. He wasn't a football player. He was a basketball player, and he was huge. i, I got to be honest, though. I think that the only players that you just named off uh, that have a legitimate shot at making the team will say McGee and Hodges. Um, I don't think any other tight ends their best hope especially you know the englishman that you just talked about um is to be on the practice squad and, and to to be on that taxi squad and see what happens so i think that um on, on the, the overall list of steelers team needs i have the tight end position on it just not very high um i if they can keep jesse james like uh, brian showed with the statistics you know we'll see how things go i think the steelers tight end it's not ideal it's not glamorous it's not flashy but ultimately it can get the job done now guys i do want to ask you before we get to our either or segment which is everyone's favorite segment um at least ours uh are you going to be watching football this weekend the what is it brian the a aff the aaf the alliance of american football yes and so they're going to be playing saturday I'm not sure if they have games on Sunday, but on Saturday they're definitely playing. I, I didn't they know do. much about I didn't know much about this. I know that Brian is going to have an article published tomorrow or Friday. Uh, Simon Chester had an article published on our site today, Thursday, and I was reading some of the rules. I I can get down with some of these rules. There's no kickoffs. Um, they're shortening the play clock. There's less timeouts. Um, and they have an extra official that's kind of like a, a someone sky that's judge, yeah, like a sky judge. I I think this is just strange enough that people will watch, but it's close enough. It's not like XFL where they have two guys running and hitting each other for a football. They actually, it's going to be look like football, and they have a lot of former NFL players. But it's just going to be you know a little bit different to see what things are like, and maybe the NFL will get smart and they'll actually adapt some of these rules. Guys, are you going to watch, or are you just going to man? Maybe I'll watch some highlights. I've already adopted a team, the San Diego <laughs> Fleet. Oh. Uh, actually, uh, Travis Freedy, ex-Steeler draft pick, is on that team. Um, you know, I've, uh, I just have a thing for the city of San Diego. You know, I'm just going to watch. But right now, the team to look out for, um, the preseason um, favorite, is, are the Arizona Hotshots. And they will be wearing green, gold, and orange, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. So there's eight teams, um, two that already have uh, two cities that already have um, teams. That's Arizona, uh, so Phoenix, I guess, and Atlanta, the Atlanta Legends. Um, then you have teams in locales that uh, have had USFL teams and have had World League teams like uh, San Antonio and Birmingham and Memphis, um, teams like that. Orlando will have a team. So there's eight teams in total. Um, and San Diego doesn't have a team anymore since the Chargers left a couple years back. So they have a shot at, uh, at football again too. So, hey, it's, it's something to watch. I know my wife is going to be in the other room Binge-watching Downton Abbey. That's her newest thing. I'm going to watch football. 
What about you, Dave? You gonna watch or not? I've got to figure out what time the games are. I'll I'll check and see if the games are at a time that I can catch at least part of it just to see what it looks like. I tell you that what I'd like to see is did did you see the rule about what they're gonna do in place of an onside kick? What is it? You have a fourth and twelve. Fourth and twelve that you can go for it, and if you convert, you keep the ball. Uh, is it at the thirty-five yard line, Brian? You probably might know that looking into it. No, that you know, actually, that rule is new to me. I yeah. knew that there weren't kickoffs. I knew all the other rules, but yeah, I did not see that one. That's great because see, that's always been the big question. Is they say the NFL was on their way to to doing away with the kickoffs, but if you do away with the kickoffs, you do away with the onside kick possibility, which is which is what you need if you're down by two scores. So this is something that's a little bit interesting. Don't know if I'm a big fan of their overtime because it's basically similar to the high school overtime. It's a Kansas City tiebreaker. It's at the ten yard line, but there's no kicks. You can't kick a field goal. You can't kick an extra point. You got to score a touchdown. Got to go for two. But after one time of doing it, it's a tie. If both teams still have the same score, they won't go to a second one. Hmm. I got to be honest. If if I'm if I'm able to watch TV over the weekend, I'm probably, I'd probably more inc- be inclined to tune into the Pebble Beach golf tournament than I would be <laughs> the AFF. But that's just me. Um, I might, like Dave said, check it out to see what it looks like. And maybe it's intriguing enough to keep my, keep my attention. Uh, I do think that the NFL would be well served to have some type of, I would wish one of these leagues, even the XFL maybe next year could be like a minor league te- system for the NFL. I think that would be really smart. Uh, you can't always rely on college football to be the be all end all. Um, and so this would give guys that don't get drafted, don't make teams a place to go play work on their craft I could maybe even see it being like minor league hockey where each minor league team has, is an affiliate with the professionals. Then so this, in this case would be the NFL. So maybe the AFF, the San Diego, whatever's are affiliated with the Los Angeles Rams. And so the Los Angeles Rams can put players down there at that team. They can develop them there and then possibly bring them up and, it would be a minor league system, just like baseball, just like hockey. I think it would be good. The NFL seems resistant to that. I'm not sure why. They haven't done anything like that since NFL Europe. So we'll see how the NFL responds to this, too. It'll be interesting to see. It's the AAF. AAF, whatever. <laughs> what is it, the San Diego Fleet? Is that what it is, Brian? San, San Diego Fleet. Who's the iron? Who's the, the, the iron? I'm sorry? One of the teams is the iron. Which, which one is that one? Uh, I believe it's Birmingham. That's what I was going to guess Birmingham if I had to guess, but I didn't know. So, I mean, it's it's going to be different enough just to maybe, you know, that's the only way you're going to get people to to watch the football after after the Super Bowl is you've got to do at least a little something different gimmicky to say, hey, I wonder how this is really working out. So. I loved the USFL back in the day. I was 11 and 12. Uh, Pittsburgh had the number one pick. I still have my my Pittsburgh Mahler T-shirt from back then. I've uh, you know I actually watched the XFL and this new version. I think is going. I mean, the old version gave us touchdown Tommy Maddox, Tommy Gunn. Um, but for me, the new version is going to be serious business. Um, it's, they're not going to be screwing around like they did before. They're actually, uh, trying to, uh, fix the mistakes they made, um, that ESPN 30 for 30, uh, we are the USFL, um, is something that, uh, really, uh, sparked Vince McMahon to do okay, it sir, as a you serious you USFL or XFL? The XFL. Okay. Vince McMahon you, had the XFL. Yeah, because you were also saying USFL. That was... Uh, yeah, was I love it. That was yeah. uh, that was killed in the 1985 when they tried to go head to head with the NFL. And uh, there's a certain owner at the time that we also know as the president of the United States currently <laughs> that killed that league. Yeah, I was just trying to to figure out because you were talking about USFL and then you mentioned Vince McMahon and I didn't know which one you were. You were talking about. I want to know: Is there any way we can get these guys that like that are on futures contracts, like the like the Christian Scott Williamsons, that would benefit from playing in this league right now? I agree. I think Jeff uh, Jeff basically said it with the minor league concept. 
yeah, but I mean, I mean, so these guys have a futures contract with the Steelers. I mean, which is nice, but what? And I know if they would get injured, then um, then they're cut. But this would be a great situation for guys that even though they have a camp to go to next year, to 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 get some playing time and experience that they really could use. Well, let me tell you about a guy in the early. T- 2000s that played for the Baltimore Ravens in NFL Europe for the Rhine Fire. His name was James Harrison. So, I mean, but he was there as a representative of the Baltimore Ravens. Um, so it's been done in a way before they could send a few guys over there. But uh, I like Jeff's idea about a whole minor league deal. I like your idea, Dave, about the future con- the future contract guys why not have a minor league system and just one team you don't need three or four teams yeah that should be interesting we'll see what we'll see what happens i'm sure we'll talk about it next week but now let's get to our segment that everyone looks forward to at the very end of the show it's our either or segment decided last week went a little long with this segment so we each decided to have one either or we'll go around the horn we'll all ask and answer I'm going to go ahead and pass the baton to Dave Schofield to go first. Dave, what's your either or for tonight? My either or is actually a football question, and that is Tom Brady or Ben Roethlisberger, who will be the first of those two quarterbacks to miss a regular season game? Hmm. Uh, Brian, you can go to answer this if you're ready. Wow. So my choices are TB12 mm-hmm. and Ben Roethlisberger. Yes. I'm going to say Ben Roethlisberger. I agree with that because Ben misses for some weird stuff sometimes. Yes. So, you know, you think about the Raiders game and, you know, he was being chauffeured to a third floor x-ray machine from 1975 (laughs) from the Bud Light commercials dilly dilly (laughs) so there you have that Brian what's yours you sure you want you don't want to save mine to the end I'll go I'll go okay Okay. Um, let's say more motivational sports movie now this might just be me because we could go a lot of different ways I tried to stay out of football because I think a lot of us would naturally just take football Rocky or Miracle? Now, Miracle, I have to say, is one of my favorite movies of all time because I love hockey and I love that story and that movie's phenomenal. And Rocky is, well, it's Rocky. So, guys, either or, Rocky or Miracle, more inspirational sports movie. Dave? Um, you're not going to believe this. I've never watched the movie Miracle. Oh my god! I've watched okay, documentaries. Well, been... no, wait, I've watched documentaries it's on the actual game. On the program, Dave. We'll see you uh, when the season starts. <laughs> Cut his mic. <laughs> but but I've not actually watched the the movie itself. I've 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 seen all the background stories on the actual game and not the movie version of it. Um, but believe it or not, I would say out of those two choices, even though I haven't seen the movie based on just the story alone, I would say, I would say the Olympic hockey team. Okay. Miracle on ice, 1980. What about you, Brian? As much as I love the miracle on ice and Kurt Russell luck, Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. And here's the reason why they're laying in bed before the big fight. I mean, Talia Shire, Adrian is just uh, cuddling up to Rocky, and he's like, she's like, you can't sleep. He's like, I just don't want to be another bum from the neighborhood. And if that doesn't get you right here, I don't know what does. That is the true underdog story that we've ever seen, and it holds up. Apollo Creed was the champion. He was modeled off of Muhammad Ali at the time. And my, my favorite line from Rocky 2 was about that movie and it's like I saw you beat this man like I've never seen another man beat before and the man just kept coming back and for me that personifies how great that movie is if you're down if you're out if you're just another bum from the neighborhood 
and yet next thing you know, you could be heavyweight champion of the world. It's Rocky. It's beautiful. It's American dream. See, so I'm going to go with Miracle, but it's not because I don't love Rocky because Brian can attest I do. But Rocky 1 is not my favorite Rocky movie. I, I have to say that they all have their own sparks, but there's there's something about that in it almost brings like a tear to my eye when I watch it. Number two, Rocky two, Adrian wakes up from the coma and she says, I want you to do something for me. Win. And then the training montage music starts, and I feel like I could just go run through a wall. And I then mean, wait. <laughs> What's Mickey's next line? You what are we been Mickey? waiting for? What are we waiting for? <laughs> and then you just hear ding. Yes. And ding. that, and the that is exactly that is the one of the greatest sports movie scenes. But in terms of the old movie inspirational, I'm gonna go with Miracle because that is a a true story. That's what and I was gonna say about Miracle. It's a, a true story. And I thought that Kurt Russell's Herb Brooks was spot on. If you've watched Herb Brooks and you know about him, and I know he he had a time with the Penguins, and that's why I know about him. Um, he nailed it. He nailed it. And even even his assistant, you know, uh, it, it was just great. Brian, did you want to say anything else before you go with your either or? No, you know what? I, I love both movies, but I'm... Okay. Hey, teach their wow. own. Go ahead, Brian. Yours. Finish this up. All right, gentlemen. I'm inspired by something we talked about earlier. And I was talking about how much our wives loved watching oh, Adam Levine shirtless. No. So <laughs> let's talk about that. And I guarantee you, in nine months from now, there's going to be some Adam Levine babies because of that performance. Um, <laughs> that, that's what it was. So let's take another name. Let's not take Adam, but let's go to the next letter up. B for Barry. So here's the deal. The kids are at grandma's. You've got that gleam in your eye. She's she's feeling good too. You go to the CDs. You can pull out a berry, and you want the perfect soundtrack for a night of romance. Are you going Barry White, or are you going Barry Manilow? Oh my gosh, that's awful. These are horrible. <laughs> Honestly, for me, I'm probably not choosing either. But uh, if I had to choose one over the other, I guess I would go with Barry White. Um, not a big Barry Manilow fan, but I'm not. Yeah, that's just not my cup of tea personally. But Dave, what do you say? Um, I think would it really be my choice, or would it be what <laughs> would rather you You're know set in the mood? Well, yeah, but out of either way, my wife is going to say, "What is this crap?" So it wouldn't. So either one wouldn't work. I personally, I would probably, for that specific situation, go with Barry White. Brian, what are you doing? Weekend in New England. I'm going Barry Manilow. Oh boy, I absolutely love him. Whether it's whether he's singing about a breakfast sandwich at McDonald's or whether he's singing about. Uh, Love that was never meant to be. It's Barry Manilow. Now, usually in that choice, I'm going Lionel Richie, but I don't know two Lionels. And so White and Manilow just sounded right. We had to go double Barry. Well, there you go. Well, I'm, 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 I'm going to paraphrase. I'm actually going to spice up basically something that was said in the live chat. And uh, Brian, uh, the 1970s called. They want their question back. Woo! <laughs> 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 All right. Well, I think on Barry Manilow is a good time to just call this show a, a it's a wrap. We'll say we'll put it that way, guys. As always, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. All the listeners, I'm sure, appreciate it as well. Remember, you can follow us in a multitude of ways. Go to YouTube, search BTSE Steelers Radio, subscribe, like. We appreciate all the support there. Also, go to our audio platforms. That's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, my favorite, Spotify. If you just type in the search engine Steelers you'll find us. Look for the BTSE logo. And as always, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. We'll see you next week on another episode of the Steelers Preview.